Welcome to Living on Purpose. I'm Mark Pumphrey, along with my co-host, Dr. Christy Stewart, coming to you from the Circle City, Indianapolis, Indiana. And you know, Christy, we've done a lot of shows on a lot of different things, and I think they all kind of lead to one of the same things that we're going to talk about today. It's how we sabotage ourselves. And over and over, we do it in our own lives. I do it every once in a while, and we all do it. But And we all get, sometimes we get stuck in it. Oh, yeah. And like I said before in other shows, we build a house there. We're mowing right. the lawn there. And we're going to kind of talk about some of the things that we can do to kind of, I don't know, look and see how we can stop sabotaging ourselves, right? Right. We did a show, uh, Getting Out of Your Own Way, which is kind of along the same topic of this one. Those things that we do that really we sabotage our happiness. And mm-hmm. uh, so this show is going to kind of piggyback off of that one. That show was number 30. If anybody wants to go back and listen to the past podcast on that. And you Getting do. out of your own way. <laughs> exactly. Go back and listen to it. You'll see how much better we are now than we were uh, in show 30. But yeah. th- that show is actually one of my favorite shows. I think I identify with it mm-hmm. because I n- clearly do this in areas of my life. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, and sometimes I look back and I think. You know, obviously we see it in retrospect more than we see it at the moment. And I'm like, oh, really? That was just such a bad idea. And like you said, areas of your life. Because in past shows, we've talked about how you can sabotage one area of your life and not others. And be extraordinarily successful in others. Right. So I, I think that that's one of the things that we are trying to really push with a lot of these shows is it's not an all or nothing. It's not a question of, well, yeah, but I'm, I'm great in this part, but I'm not great in that part. And that's for everybody. And that's for everybody. So, you know, I think that that's what we're trying to hit home especially is that you can sabotage just parts of your life, not all of it. Right. Exactly. And I think people, that's really clear that some people have, you know, great relationships and some people, that some people, they struggle in their work. Yep. But yeah, we all kind of have those areas and we're going to talk about some of those reasons and we've done whole shows on some of this stuff. That we do, we get in our own way, and we if we would just shift our paradigm just a little, we could start seeing things and managing them at the time, rather than looking back and seeing, oh mm. yeah, you know, yeah, I could have done that better, but cutting it off of the past, so to speak. And I think right. that that's one of those things that we want to talk about today to accept that we're all human, we all have areas that we don't show up the way that we want to. And moments that we don't show up the way they want to, we need to give ourselves a break and we need to be able to take some of these things we're going to talk about today and maybe work on them a little bit so we stop doing some of the stuff that we continually do, no matter what your age is. Absolutely. We, we repeat the patterns until they become a habit and then those habits, uh, we sabotage ourselves. Right, and they dictate our lives a lot of times and that's some what of them, we want sure. to do, folks, is we want to give you some eye-opening things, because I know they're eye-opening for me sometimes. I'm like, I do that, and I didn't even realize it. And this is what we're talking about, is these are steps that you can take to recognize. The more conscious you are of the areas that you struggle, it doesn't mean that you're not going to continue to struggle. It just means that you're going to be more aware, and maybe that instead of it being, you know, a 10 on the scale of destruction of things in your life, maybe you can get it down (laughs) to a 4 or 5, because you can see it coming. (laughs) So let's talk about some of the most common ways we sabotage ourselves. Yeah, this came from a lot of different research on a lot of different sources. So um, we're not going to necessarily quote any of those sources today because they're all over the board. All over the board. All okay. over the board. I went, I went through all kinds of stuff for this stuff. <laughs> so the first one is through confidence and self-esteem or lack of those. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. two shows on those whole topics that is so true. 
you know, uh, just to recap, confidence is a belief in your ability to do something where self-esteem is the feeling that you're worthy of that. So we can sabotage our own life in both areas, right? That we don't feel like we're capable and or that we don't feel like that we're worthy. Any combination, mix and match that and look (laughs) in your own life and you will see areas that you have uh, high confidence and then you sabotage it because you don't feel worthy of it or you don't have confidence to do it. So you feel like a failure and then you're not worthy of it. Or you may think you're worthy of it because of your status or your name or whatever. Right. But then you sabotage yourself and your confidence because you really don't believe you can do it. All and, of those things, we all do it. And we were talking about in that <laughs> show, uh, we actually kind of picked on movie stars. Not because, right. you know, it's just the most pronounced career that we could think of that where people do they they obviously have the confidence but they may not have the self-esteem or vice versa and you can see it just taking effect on their lives self-medicate themselves into believing Mm -hmm. that they can oh yeah i mean you've you could insert name here right just in the last you know five years of suicides accidental suicides Mm -hmm. you know just crazy stuff that we look at and think they have it all (laughs) <laughs> yeah, nobody has it all. Nobody has it all. Nobody does, right. But in areas of our life that we're confident, we're more positive. We talked about that in the in mm-hmm. the confidence show, that you're just naturally more positive. You naturally, when you believe you can do it, you're more positive about believing that you can do it. So you're more positive about that quadrant of your life. And do you think that you're more positive about it because you've already done it before, so now you can see more opportunities in it? Sure, I think we're more authentic. I think the things that we're good at, we can authentically do them. Some of the ones that we talked about in the show is that in areas that we're confident, we can be more empathetic or more sympathetic. We care about people more in those areas. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't over-criticize ourselves or necessarily other people in areas that we're confident. Because, you know, criticism in this way, criticizing others or criticizing ourselves is really a defense, a shutdown, Mm -hmm. a way to put up a wall. Areas that we're confident, we don't need that. Because we believe we can do it, so we're just going with the flow. So there you go, folks. One of the things that you can recognize is when you're starting to criticize people at work, or it, you might want to take it just a step and you go, wait a minute, maybe this is an area where I'm feeling low confidence or low, low self-esteem. self-esteem. Yeah. When you when you truly believe something, you don't have to fight about it. That's so true. Maybe, maybe I believe that, or maybe I don't. But so I'm gonna dig my heels right. in that I do. This is the uh, hill I'm gonna die on. Yeah. yeah I, I, I would question. Do you really, do you really believe that's true? Do you really right. believe that you can do that? You know, or is that just your representative? Because mm-hmm. some people are great at their representatives. Well, I would guess I would say all of us are good at our representatives oh, yeah. in areas that we have perfected them that we're really good at them. We we're, have trained that representative well. Exactly. I'm we're going to talk about that more in detail here in a minute. But again, one of the other things, too, when you have confidence and self-esteem that aren't struggling in areas is that you tend to live in the moment. You're not living in the past and fretting over the future. Mm-hmm. You're living in the moment. You're actually living in the moment. And that comes in areas that we have a high confidence and a high self-esteem. It's hard to sabotage yourself. You're not sabotaging the moment generally, right? You're sabotaging something right. that's in coming the in the future. Yeah, absolutely. By your actions for today. So, and that that does take place in the present. But that's if you can stay in the present. That's kind of an interesting concept. Yeah, because when you're in the moment, you can't really sabotage anything because you're actually in the moment. 
Right. So yeah, no, that makes. But you can cause sense. a lot of damage for the things that are coming an hour from now or. A oh week sure, from yeah. Now by action. But you're today. automatically thinking about the future when you're sabotaging. Exactly. But if you're truly in the moment, then I, I think it would be very difficult to sabotage something. Exactly. You know, some of the reasons why we do this are we we think to ourselves, um, you know, everything might be going great, but it's just too good to be true. Right, the right. negative Wait, Nellies, yeah. Waiting for the bottom to drop out, um, mm-hmm. creating scenarios to happen so the bottom does drop out. So Murphy's we're right. Wall, things like right. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing we talked about in the self esteem show was that self esteem is not inherited; that's a learned behavior. We as children really learn how to learn if we're worthy or not from how we're treated, or how our parents treat us, or how we see our parents treat other people, mm-hmm. that our self-esteem is definitely a learned behavior. You know, as an adult, that can be in all different areas of your life and all different components in your life. You know, at work, you know, maybe you have a toxic environment and you have a boss that's a gaslighter. So you're going to have a lower self-esteem at work because you're constantly told how terrible you are. We've all had bosses like that, mm-hmm. right? But again, that is a learned behavior. That is repetition of... The negative or repetition right. of believing that you're not good at it because either you believe it or somebody else believes it for you. Those self-esteem things are, are self-esteem is a learned behavior. So it's kind of like a muscle. You work it out every day, right? I mean, if somebody's constantly putting you down, then it, you're practicing. That muscle is going to be strong by the time you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s of feeling so, very low about yourself. Right, and feeling very negative. Yeah, so, so I mean, it, it totally makes sense that, that this is not an inherited thing because... You're just sitting over there listening and being bombarded by this stuff. It has got to take its toll. I mean, you're working out at this. Right, so. exactly. Perfection is in the practice. Right. Whatever you practice, you're going to perfect. And you can be perfectly terrible at something because you perfect it right. to be perfectly terrible. Again. Yeah, you and can, then we feel perfectly terrible about it. We know we're terrible. So then we let other people make decisions because we make oh, such yeah. bad ones. And then now our life is really out of control mm-hmm. because... You know, a bad decision, instead of making a bad decision, let somebody else make it. And then now your life's out of control. You're not even controlling your own life. You're letting somebody else drive your ship. So now you're an Olympian at, at this because exactly. you have worked this out. <laughs> <laughs> um, some of the other things, we, we definitely, we expect people to treat us badly. So mm-hmm. then we put ourselves in scenarios that people do treat us badly. Absolutely. Again, because it's a learned behavior. And I know that we've talked about this in other shows because of our brain, but you know, I think when people do have a low self-esteem, low confidence, and they want to sabotage themselves, they tend to go to the negative first, right? I mean, it's just automatic. Yeah, I think that that's, a, again, a learned behavior mm. and thing that we perfect, but the brain naturally sees the danger in anything, so it's going to see the negative before it sees the positive, generally, to keep us safe. That's how the brain works, and the brain continually asks questions to come back and decipher that. And if we answer those questions with negatives rather than positives, then we spiral out of control and we believe that we're not capable, we're not worthy. Right. And then we create our life, the law of attraction, we create our life to be unworthy and negative because that's what we focus on. And I think that a good example of this for folks out there listening is, and it's simple things like, oh, I'd never be able to go to Disney. Yeah, you're probably right. Well, you are right. Yeah, because it's Whatever. yeah, exactly. You're you're already you're already saying that because you know that you'll never go to Disney. Well, we talked yeah. in our finance show that I'm never going to get out of debt, so I go spend you know five dollars a day mm-hmm. at Starbucks for coffee, which then turns into X amount of dollars a year. You could have that credit card paid off, but the long term 
vision of that is that I'm never, this is never going to happen. So you short term self gratify yourself and then you create the scenario that your credit card never gets paid off, which it could have been paid off by just eliminating one thing or two things or, you know, redirecting your life in different ways. But that's definitely true in our finances. Oh, sure. That we sabotage ourselves and our finances to self-medicate ourselves to feeling better about being in debt so we get more in debt. Yep. It happens. Because, yeah, you're just, like you said, you're manifesting this. And we do that through number two that we did a whole show on this just a couple of weeks ago, and that's that bad habits keep us stuck. (laughs) Again, a habit is just a routine, something that we do the same way. Uh, usually for the same reason, until it becomes second nature. It's usually very unconscious. They're not conscious things that we generally do. They're mm-hmm. instinctive. And a habit's not good or bad. It's just something defined by its consequence. Mm. So these okay. are unconscious things that have triggers. Most of the time, we're not even aware of what those triggers are. And we don't see a lot of these habits until we actually look back and think, man, why do I keep doing that? Oh, yeah, because, I mean, if you had that habit, well, let's say you didn't have that habit 20 years ago, you know, you just started picking away at it, and then suddenly, well, we know, 66 days, and now 20 years later, you're not even conscious of it. Exactly. It's muscle memory now. That's exactly right. I really didn't think about a lot of the habits, because we should have probably done that show two years ago on habits, because they really dictate our choices. Yeah, Unconsciously, how many things do we do unconsciously that dictate our choices that are bad habits, that are bad for us, that we continually practice over and over again, and we don't even see what the triggers are? We all have them. Some have a lot more than others. If you think about it, I mean, a simple example could be that you want to start eating healthier, but you're so used to buying that pasta every week that you just... Grab it, put it in the car. That's you know, exactly, yeah. yeah, exactly. One of the things that was interesting that we did, we didn't. I don't think we covered in the habit show that was new on this one. Some new things that I found was that one of the ha- reasons why we continue to do this and why we sabotage ourselves on our habits mm-hmm. is because they lose their emotional charge over time. Makes perfect sense, right? A movie that made us cry the first ten times that we watch it, we can watch it now without crying, no problem. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. A habit of spending time with someone. That that's hurtful or that is mean or nasty or whatever, we just get used to it. That just becomes natural. They treat people get treated badly, and you wonder why in the world do you let them talk to you like that? Well, because they've been talking to you like that for a year, ten yeah, years, twenty years. Right you're numb to it. Exactly. Yeah. The emotional charge gets lost, and so we continue on the habits. And people looking from the outside in can clearly see what are you doing. And then we get stuck in that. I think some of those are women that, you know, battered women Mm -hmm. or people that are involved with gaslighters uh, from our toxic people show. um, Just being around toxic people. That becomes natural. You know, foul language. Some people live in that. That it becomes natural. It becomes a habit. You get desensitized to it. Other people be like, I'm not going to be around that person because every other word is this or that. And Mm -hmm. you're like, really? I don't even notice that. And then you pay attention and it's like every other word is something offensive. Or their foul language person doesn't even realize they're doing it. They're forming whole sentences with foul language and they don't (laughs) even realize they're doing it. Right. And you have become desensitized to it and they have become unconscious of it. Mm-hmm. And so they're just living their life, living a way that is offensive to most people, <laughs> and the two of you are oblivious to it. Yep. Happens all the time. It's out of habit. There you go, folks. Exactly. Habit. Right there. 
Great example. Yeah, some of the most common things that we're not conscious of in our responses are yell, fight, run away, eat, drink, or smoke. Mm -hmm. Those are some of the most common things that we do without even thinking. We just naturally go to that state because that's worked for us in the past, and that's how we respond to things. Sure. We don't think about the response of and what the consequences of those are going to be because they are an unconscious response. Well, yeah, they're just a habit. It was interesting. I, I did find some research on what were the most common um, habits, ways in which we sabotage ourselves. Okay. And that is perfect. I didn't know they actually had one. Yes, there's some research on that. And perfectionism is one of them. I mm. certainly do that. Procrastination. We all can fall in that. <laughs> I say the two ends of the spectrum exactly. there, right? <laughs> Denial. Oh, yeah. Isn't that I a big one that. for all of us and things that, again, that we lose our emotional charge with, right? I think that falls definitely with that. Excess need to control. Yeah, I don't have that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's looking at me like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. Pessimism and avoiding conflict. I, yeah, the, the, uh, those seem like the most common. And you know what? I will say I didn't even realize till right now that that was even really considered habits. All those things are habits. Yeah. Yep, sitting and watching YouTube rather than going and cutting the grass is a habit. I've never you, done that. <laughs> you don't do that every Sunday afternoon. You know, I mean, those those are, again, perfectionism, procrastination, denial, excess need to control, pessimism, and avoiding conflict. Those are the most popular ones. I could give you a laundry list of where I do this and areas that I have low self-esteem or low confidence. Mm -hmm. We all can, and maybe that would be a good thing to make a list. These are these are things that how we sabotage ourselves that we do over and over again that just a simple paradigm shift, just 10 degrees, we could completely change these scenarios in our life and not cause us so many problems. So, let it, so let's talk about another thing that we do to sabotage ourselves. Another one that, way that we sabotage ourselves is in mind reading. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, each one of us sees in others what we carry in our own hearts. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. The law of attraction, again, it's interesting because in cognitive behavioral therapy, it's called mind reading error, which basically just says, assuming we know what someone else is thinking based on what we are feeling and thinking. Mm-hmm. Well, how many times do we do that? All you day. Know, yeah. Especially with our spouse, our kids. I've already worked out the whole scenario in my mind before I've even talked to the person. You know, I know how this is all going to play out before I ever even know what the problem is. And most of the time, the other person doesn't even know what you're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> Especially with those people that we're really close to that we think we know what they think uh -huh. and feel, right? In fact, we just had a scenario of this the other day when we had we were going camping and there was a, there was a little bit around the camping and... You asked me, well, what are you going to do? And I told you, and like, I told my wife that. That is exactly, because that's, you You know me based on my habits right. of where I was going to, what choice I was going to make with that. And you were absolutely right. <laughs> but sometimes, most of the time, I think that we're not. Oh. And and part of the thing is in the mind reading, it said that if, you know, if we're self-critical, we're going to believe that others are going to be critical of us. Absolutely. If we're insecure, we believe that others couldn't possibly like us. When we care too much about what other people think, I think that's a more of a problem for some people than others. I think we all do that to a certain extent. Because when we do care too much what other people think, I think that definitely is a way that we self-sabotage ourselves. Well, we definitely change how we're going to do things. If we base everything on how somebody else is going to think, you know, and you, how you're going to yeah. feel in your mind reading them. Yep. You're going to sabotage a, yourself every time. Yeah, there was a list of ways that you can identify if you think too much about what others think. Oh, okay. Okay, and the first one was you do things that you don't want to do and you resent it. 
you no longer or never did really want to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. You're afraid to say what you really believe. You okay. spend time with people you don't like or you avoid people out of fear. You struggle to make your own decisions. And the sixth one, you imagine that people are upset with you when they really aren't. I've been all of those things. I've been <laughs> yeah, all of those all things today, today probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the research, it stated that we thrive when we get along with others and think and act independently at the same time. If you aren't doing both, then you're out of balance and you will either be depressed, that no one likes me, or anxiety, that I have to get them to like me. So if you're being a mind reader wow. because you care so much what everybody else thinks, then find those six people in your life, talk about it, because they can really help just help you figure out what's real and what's not. But those are six ways in which we definitely, when we care too much about what other people think, that we self-sabotage ourselves. So moving on with our how we sabotage ourselves. And I got to tell you, I like this one a lot. It's like waiting for life to get good to be happy. How many times is like, I'll be happy when? Right. And I, I I was that person for a very long time. I think I'm still that person sometimes. If I just had. Yeah. If I just did. Or if I could just do. Yeah. Or if they would just do. Or if they could just have. Then exactly. Yeah. Stephen Pressfield said, most of us have two lives. The life that we live and the unlived life within us. And between the two stands resistance. And that resistance is generally referred to as change. When you're living in the when and what if and the past or the future, when I have enough money, when I get my house paid off, when whatever it is, you know, we resist the changes that can lead to us to being happy. Because mm-hmm. those are choices, right? When somebody says, and I've had people say this, well, when I get my house paid off, then everything's going to be fine. Right. I'll take on that vacation. On your 30-year mortgage, <laughs> right? How long have you paid on it? Oh, I just refinanced. Okay. Yeah. That's the end game you're going with? Yeah. I mean, but it is true. I've, I, and I got to tell you, I have been that person. I'll be happy when I get my car paid off. I can't be happy until that car is paid off. Now, that might be five years from now, but it doesn't, I can't understand the concept of that. And I was one of those people. If I could just change my paradigm of thinking by 10%, Exactly. Then, you know, you can do so much more. You know, I, when I get the house paid off, that's when we'll go to Disney. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, yeah, you, it, it amazes me how much we do that to ourselves. We tie our happiness to something that's not in the present. And right. you can't have happiness anywhere other than the present. You can't have it in the future. You can't have it in the past. Mm-hmm. It's not in the destination. It's in the journey. You know, look back at the things that you've accomplished rather than looking forward to still what you have to do. And that's one of those that's things That's a good that way to reflect. Over the last couple of years, I've really tried to take on that concept of looking back and seeing how none of the dots added up the way I thought they should. So looking forward, thinking the dots are going to, you know, my perfectionism of that I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this, and it's all going to flow just great. There's going to be no problems. (laughs) Uh, But when I look back, I clearly see that that is not realistic. And then when one of my little dots doesn't work out, then I, you know, blow a gasket right all your dots are going to work out yeah if you're lucky if any of your dots work out the way you think too especially if you're mind reading to get somebody to believe that that's what's gonna they're gonna do something for you well and i think that if we could live in and this is just my personal opinion it means nothing more than that but when we're thinking about the past if we can go to a maybe more of a grateful state and if you're looking towards the future maybe an opportunity state then maybe that could shift. And I'm not talking yeah. about all the time. No, that's but, great. You know, I mean, maybe it m- will help you 
be more happy in the present. But I guess that, that's just me. That's my psychology. <laughs> well, we talked about that it's really impossible to be have hopelessness and gratitude at the t- same right. time. You can't. So if you can live in a place of gratitude, then you're going to be hopeful because it definitely is Good a point. belief in the past, something good happened to you in the past and you're focusing on that good, then there is a possibility that good could happen in the present or the future. And you really can't be in that state of hopelessness when you're being in a state of gratitude. And we all know that bad stuff has happened to people. I mean, horrible stuff has happened. Absolutely. And it's really hard. I know that there's somebody out there listening who's like, well, yeah, but you don't know what I've gone through. And you're absolutely right. I don't. We don't. But... Can you look back on your life and find some kind of gratitude in that? You know, maybe it made you stronger. Maybe it made you better. Maybe it made you whatever. But, you know, if you can just get that little sliver, whatever that little sliver is, that silver lining, if you will, maybe that can shift just a little bit each time. Think about that. I I think it has to. It has to. Because everything changes. Do you want to be in control of your change or do you want change to control you as part of it you never want change to control you (laughs) you know one of the things that they talked about in um about resistance is that people resist changing and they and or they resist what they would call losing because even though you're sad in that loss you still get you still have a sense of control and i think it's a vulnerability thing Mm -hmm. resistance to change and resistance and being fearful is really tied to the low self-esteem. I think people with low self-esteem, we've talked in the self-esteem show, are generally going to be see the negative before the positive, mm-hmm. and they're going to be more fearful. It's just manifested. We want to manifest that on the outside, what we feel on the inside, so we end up sabotaging the good because we feel not worthy or we feel like we should resist or what have you. And so we manifest that on the outside of what we're actually feeling on the inside, mm-hmm. and we then... Then it comes to pass, you know? Exactly. And then we're like, how do those bad things happen? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because that's what we, that always happens. Yep, that always happens. happens. It always ends up this way. Yep, every time. Yes. Never never expect anything different. (laughs) Yeah, Murphy's Law says, okay. Then you're absolutely right. right. You will be 100% right every time. You know, it's just like, well, I got a new car. But it's not blue. I knew it wasn't going to be blue. It's, it's red. I just knew it. <laughs> well, I think another thing is that we, we have this sense that we, we believe that life or happiness or what have you should be this good, but, but not quite that good. We, we mm. deserve this, but not quite that. And I think on the reverse on that, that, you know, we deserve bad things to happen, but not really, really bad things because I'm not really terrible. I'm just kind of terrible and so we look for those areas that are good and bad and then we try to keep them in this little box of our worthy box rather than believing that the world is abundant that god is abundance and that those things can manifest for us and we can have the happy we can be happy in the moment and there is not it's like love people like you know they think that the love is limited love is unlimited that we limit the amount of love that we want and we feel. There is no limit to how much we are capable of loving. The other one is the imposter syndrome that we talk about all the time. Oh, you know, that somebody's, love the imposter syndrome. Yeah, somebody's going to figure out that we don't really know what we're talking about or that we're not really that good or we're really that bad. <laughs> Whatever that is, that other people are going to figure out what we believe to be hold true in us, that we're just terrible 
And then once they figure it out, then they're going to do whatever. They're going to leave us or they're not going to want to spend time with us. So they're going to fire me or what, whatever that is. Absolutely. And then we focus on that. We then create scenarios around that. And unfortunately, at times, that is exactly what And now what you we have create. wasted hours of your day conjuring yeah. up. However, I will say there is a benefit a little bit to imposter syndrome. You know, uh, when they do talk about it, it tends to make people work harder. True imposter syndrome. It, it makes you work or strive harder because you really don't want nobody to know that out. you don't know your job. So you'll work actually much, much harder to prove that you can do your job. So uh, sure, that's a good point. Yeah, but for most people, for most people. But I think that if you do feel this way and you have felt this way for five years at your job, right. that's different. Well, and in your personal life. <laughs> or your personal it, life. Or people that, you, we know people that they are never anything other than their representative. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that good one and bad. We know people who their representative appears to be like a not very good, not very nice person, but they really are amazing if you get to know mm-hmm. them. And that's not really who they are, mm-hmm. but they're going to hurt you before you hurt them or they're going to reject you before you reject them because of, again, learned behavior. Right. Or the vice versa. That Oh, that's an amazing person. Then you're like, yeah, yeah, no, not really. <laughs> you don't know not I really. know them. <laughs> so I think there's extremes in that. We hope we fall in the middle. There is a reason why we have a representative and they, I think uh, therapists might not tell you that they're appropriate all the time. But I think there are appropriate yeah, times when too. you send your representative out. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that's why I keep them near me. <laughs> right. Because, and well, remember, there's a lot of responsibility to success and there's very little when it comes to failure. So... If you, if you send out that representative, oh, I don't care, um, I'm terrible, or look how I fail all the time, there's not a lot of responsibility in stepping up for that. But if you really swing the, for the fences, mm-hmm. there's a lot of responsibility in that. Fair point. The next one is expectations and assumptions of other people. Oh, oh yeah. We, have, <laughs> we could do shows. You'd have a whole podcast just on this one, yep. right? Uh, the definition of an expectation is a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. An assumption, a thing that is accepted as true or is certain to happen without any proof. <laughs> yeah. Never good. Well, we always do that with other people. Right. Because we can't control other people. Oh, we, but we should. <laughs> should we? want we? to, right? We want to. And so we want badly. to help other people gain some self-awareness, don't we? Oh, sure. <laughs> can, can we just get them to get it? I so mean, that our life can be easier. Absolutely. Right. I, just like driving here today, I want people to move over to the other lane. <laughs> if they would just move over to the other lane, how do they not get this? So, yeah, no, I get it. You know, but I, I think that that's what we do. We have these expectations. The, and with these expectations, we put on other people because we assume they're going to do them for us. I, the perfect example would be a spouse. So we have this expectation, and we want them, and we assume that they're going to do what we want, though we've never said anything. But we because we're mind readers, yeah, we're we're mind readers. <laughs> so we assume that they're going to do that. Then they let us down, and it happens all the time. Yeah, we have a request. I haven't finished the show yet, but we do have a request out there on just doing a show on this topic of expectations and assumptions. Mm-hmm. We haven't done it yet, but people are never going to meet your need unless you communicate what that is. Unless Absolutely. you're lucky. 
right? I mean, because maybe sometimes, you know, we can mind read. Sure, yeah. I mean, but, sure. You, you, you're you going to pick up on certain cues, certain things, and you know, like, you don't want the door open this way or whatever the case may be. But right. there is, I think, for most of us, is that we put that expectation on a lot of people that we don't even know or know that well. And then we right. assume so, they're going to do something. Because that's how we would do it, generally. Yeah, that's how that's we Because that's how we do it. it, and how we do it, we're really uh, fond of that. Yep. And we think it's right. And then when somebody else does it differently, even though it may not be wrong, because there really isn't a lot of things that are really right and wrong, mm-hmm. then we get bent out of shape over that, because they did it different. The oh, end sure. result was the same. According to Psychology Today, there are five benefits to having no expectations. Okay. One is to take sole responsibility of your decisions. So if you don't have an expectation, then you take ownership of your own stuff and no one is making anything. I'm choosing my own life kind of concept. Mm-hmm. The next is you separate your wants from your shoulds. We talked about shoulds on that about how shoulds, shoulds are going to get you in trouble mm-hmm. every time. Basically, shoulds are expectations imposed by others. Our inner voice telling us that we should, we could, what if. Mm-hmm. Those, those are never going to lead you to happiness. Those are never going to get you to the end result. Right. Another thing with the shoulds that gets us in trouble is they're generally things we don't want to do and we have no investment in them, but right. a lot of times other people have investment in them for <laughs> us or expectations. We have a investment in them. You know, we have an expectation of our kids cleaning our room and they don't and they don't meet our expectation. They could care less. They don't have an investment right. in cleaning their room, <laughs> uh, but, but we do. So... You know, when they somebody borrows your car, we have an expectation that they're going to fill it up when they bring it mm-hmm. back. Uh, maybe they do, maybe they don't. Those are ours. But they usually lead to failure. Usually they procrastinate on things like that, and they lead to disappointments and resentments, those type of things. The next is having no expectations allows us not to be tied to the feelings. That disappointment, anger, hurt by others, we talked about those, you know. If we don't have an expectation of somebody doing something, or doing it our way. Yes, then, our way, yeah. Then we're not going to have that anger and disappointment that they let us down or they didn't do it, so now I'm mad. If you don't have an expectation, you're not going to feel those feelings. Fair point. Avoiding becoming a martyr. Then I do what every- would I do with my time? <laughs> <laughs> I do everything I should and it's never enough. Right. <laughs> you know, be resentful, depressed that you're, you know, your best is not good enough. Those type of things. If you don't have an expectation of that, you're not going to end up being a martyr. And the last is stay living in the moment. Again, back to that again. Right. right? The present is the only place that we can live. How do we drill that home enough that we get stuck in the past? We're fearful of the future. The present, we can keep it simple and we can go one step to the next step to the next step and not get out of control and not necessarily have those. Because an expectation, I think, is something in the future. It absolutely so is 100% if you don't if you're, you're living, living in the moment you're going to have a hard time getting in that really that downward spiral of expectations well I know we we've really drilled in a lot of things about sabotage and I think we should do a few more here I mean let's keep this going because I think that people just have not heard enough about sabotaging themselves that's right we sabotage ourselves because we think that life is supposed to be fair Yes. How many times have you heard that? I mean, I'm sure I've said that. You know, it's like, man, life isn't fair. Though I will say I do try very, very hard not to actually use those words. Yeah, I had a therapist, actually, Ron Bernard, who did a show with us, used to tell me years ago, the only thing fair about life that's equally unfair for everyone, it's just that we sometimes don't see other people's unfair. That's right. 
And yeah. that's the truth. Especially if you're looking on Facebook to see how somebody else's life is unfair. Oh. Yeah, don't, don't look there. They're enjoying their vacation on the right. beach and drinking Mai Tais. And <laughs> what? it's like, what? Why can't I do that? <laughs> right. Everybody's got something. We all struggle. Some of us hide it better than others. We just remember the strength comes in the struggle. Right. right. But I think that it basically you can't give up on that, right? I mean, it, I know it's a struggle. I know tomorrow's going to be a struggle. I know the next day is going to be a struggle. The point is, is that you're moving towards something, right? I mean, right. you know, if you're just waking up every morning and you had the same struggles you had five years ago, you're not moving forward. Right, exactly. Well, you know, we say all the time that God created us to be extraordinary, yes. not mediocre, right? And it's nobody else's job to live our life for us, right? It's our responsibility to live our life and not to just exist in it. Mm-hmm. And we do that through living the moment, having a life on purpose, and making a difference on the stage that, you, that we've been given at the moment. Not right. someone else's stage, but ours. Folks, basically, if you lead a sentence off, well, I would have been this if he, or I would have been that if she, that's where you need to stop right, right exactly. there. So, yeah, I mean, it does. I mean, we we know life isn't fair, you know, and I mean, Sally Hillman was here. One of the things that she talked about is always staying one step ahead of the fear. So when you were talking about fair, she's 80, what, how old is she again? 80, 89, I think. 89. And is it fair that she didn't get to go to Norway in her 30s where she could have really just soaked it in? No, maybe. Who knows? But she did get to go eventually. Right, exactly. And she probably enjoyed it more now than she did Probably. She could really get into it. So, but yeah. Well, the bottom line is, you know, you can have success through easy, but extraordinary comes to the through your successes, through the failures that you that you live through, mm-hmm. that life is unfair and that you get up, put your big boy pants on, and keep going. Right. That is what evens out the playing field for That's everybody. Right. Move towards something. Exactly. So one of the things that you can sabotage yourself is if you believe everything you think and everything you feel. Right. Oh, I mean, exactly. Yeah. And how many times do we do that? Because we know. We know. We know. Because because mm-hmm. we we are mind reading, and so we know that they are going to do this. That's right. Or we know they did do this, or we know they feel that, or we feel this because you know we believe this mm-hmm. expectation or this assumption of somebody that has no bearing on the truth, but we don't actually try to find it out. We just get depressed or angry, and we live in that state. But the bottom line is people in situations, you cannot let how other people feel or think dictate how you show up. And you can't get stuck in what you think and what you feel because you don't know back to the expectation, the assumptions that they're, that is only going to be detrimental to you every time. And folks, you can spend hours at this. I mean, I have. I've spent hours contemplating this over and over and over again to find out that none of this stuff was real, you know? Right, we look at a snapshot, one moment, and then we make an assumption Oh, yeah, absolutely. One email, one text message, one something that we just make a whole story around. Oh, uh, yeah, we can write a novel. We're mad, right, (laughs) or we're whatever, and we think this. And I've been wronged, and I have been, yeah, so it's, absolutely. So everything cannot be tied up in an emotion or your first thought. Exactly. So, yeah, definitely. So one of the things I think that we have talked about in other shows is one of the ways we do sabotage ourselves is we do not have 
healthy boundary. I believe is critical and I'm really bad at working on those. But I think that if you do have those healthy boundaries, you can definitely mitigate the sabotaging of yourself. I agree. And I think one of the ways in doing that too of the boundaries is knowing when to say no and understanding that the yeses are going to make you happy. There's where your happiness in the moments are going to come from. Mm -hmm. And if you are a yes person and you can't say no to anything, uh, you're never going to be able to say yes to the good stuff. That's right. Now, understanding that boundaries with some people are easier than others. Right. I can set a boundary at work a whole lot easier than I can set a boundary at home. True. So understanding that some of those boundaries are going to be different with different people. Definitely have healthy boundaries. Doesn't mean that you have to shut yourself off from everything, but you should have healthy boundaries. Right. And if you if anybody who's saying, I don't know what that means, you probably should go to therapy. <laughs> there's book I'm sure there's a million books on I don't have time for it. healthy boundaries. Yeah, I'm you sure there's books on that. probably don't have any. Yeah. To, you have to be healthy. You can't let people abuse you. You have to have healthy boundaries and know what's acceptable for you. And that is okay. Yep. No is okay. No is okay. So one of the last things we want to talk about when we're talking about sabotaging ourselves. Yeah, the last one is going to be we're always okay and we're always enough. Absolutely. Now, how often do we feel that way? No, never. <laughs> I mean, that's we're, a... we're, we're doing a show on sabotage, so a lot we sabotage ourselves so we don't feel that way. But that is the truth. One of the things we use this on another show, there are two types of people who climb a mountain, one to see the world and those that climb a mountain so that the world can see them. Mm -hmm. So why does that matter to know why you're doing what you're doing? Why are you climbing that mountain? Well, because it really dictates how you feel when you reach the top, right? Because if you reach the top and you did it for other people to see you, you're going to actually hurt your confidence and hurt your self-esteem and in these areas, if the mountain could be a person, your mind reading and all these different things, mm -hmm. that if you're just doing it to impress other people, that's never going to work in your favor. Ever. Nope. It's never going to do that. That's not where now, happiness comes there's from. all kinds of things. The top could be the pretty wife, the perfect job. Whatever it is that you're climbing to impress is never going to fulfill you unless you're doing it to fulfill yourself. That's an excellent point. Well, there you are, folks. There's some good, helpful hints, if you will, on how to look for when you're getting ready to sabotage yourself. I know I'll probably still do it, and I, but hopefully I'll be a little bit more aware of it. And that's the key. That's the key. Well, Christy, do you have any final thoughts for us today? Well, this topic is the one that we could do show after show, and we still struggle with it. Sabotaging ourselves, having low self-esteem, not believing we're good enough is something that we all have in common, maybe just in different ways and different people. And even though some people have a representative that might be strong and secure, what makes life fair is that we all struggle. We all sabotage our life in areas that we have low self-esteem and low confidence and that we don't feel worthy. And unfortunately, many of those areas are out of unconscious habit that many times we don't even realize we're doing and it's the same pattern over and over and over again. So we're about out of time for this show, and we have some great news. Starting January 1st, 2022, you can find our show at livingonpurposepodcast.com or any of the podcast platform like Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. Just search Living On Purpose Podcast and subscribe to the podcast or look us up on Facebook and give us a like and let us know what you want to add to this new show. That's right. So live every day of your life. On purpose. On purpose.